the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, January the 25th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. On January 25th, 1971, Charles Manson and three women followers were convicted in Los Angeles of murder and conspiracy in the 1969 slaying of seven people, including actor Sharon Tate. I've mentioned this before, that I was a youth pastor in the area at that time, and Charles Manson was in and out of the youth group at Hollywood Presbyterian Church, a church that our church had a very close relationship with. I knew the people there, and and the youth pastor particularly. He told me that Charles Manson had been floating in and out of the youth group, very confused man on drugs, a young guy. And um, he thought that Sharon Tate, who played uh, Rosemary in Rosemary's Baby, she was pregnant in the movie and gave birth to Satan. He thought that if he killed Sharon Tate, the actress, he would be killing the possible birth of Satan. Weird stuff, for sure. Charles Manson, as far as I know and others that knew him personally know, never ever accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, but he had an attraction to Christianity along with his drugs. Today in 1915, America's first official transcontinental telephone call took place as Alexander Graham Bell. He was in New York. He spoke to his former assistant, Thomas Watson, who was in San Francisco. They spoke over a line that was set up by American Telephone and Telegraph, AT&T. Today, in 1945, Grand Rapids, Michigan, became the first community to add fluoride to the public water supply. They knew what was best for the community. Today, in 1981, 52 Americans held hostage by Iran for 444 days arrived in the United States. You know the backstory to that, I'm sure. Many of you do. Jimmy Carter had tried everything under the sun to get these hostages released and it was no he even tried to go in there with a couple of helicopters and the helicopters got caught in a sandstorm and they couldn't get the 52 americans the day that ronald reagan was sworn in as president of the united states iran announced they would be releasing the 52 americans leadership matters Today in 2017, Mary Tyler Moore, she created the Mary Tyler Moore Show. She died at the age of 80. And today in 2021, President Joe Biden signed an order reversing a Pentagon policy. The policy had largely barred transgender people from military service. The people in the military didn't want to be living with transgender people and all of their confusion and problems. And they didn't think it was in the best interest of the defense of our country. But, oh no, Joe Biden has their back. Today in 2022, 
The Navy said it had discharged 23 active-duty sailors for refusing the coronavirus vaccine. That marked the first time the Navy had thrown currently serving sailors out of the military over mandatory shots. Wasn't that a disaster? All of that shots and Fauci and this and that and this is truth and that isn't truth and all of that we went through in that thing with the medicine and the shots and then we find out that Fauci's getting royalties on the shot and on the shots and they're they're making billions of them and he's getting a, a piece of it and on and on and on. It's just concerning and it can be confusing, very confusing. That's why Paul wrote to the Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Long before the Apostle Paul wrote that in his letter to the Romans, Isaiah, the prophet, said, For the Lord for the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded or confused. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. I will not be confused, because I will set my face like a flint on the truth of God's word, the infallible word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, the Lord says, will never pass away. That is the one thing that is certain in life, the word of the Lord, and he's given it to us. Yes, it's printed by man, and it has leather binders on it, many of them do, at least the Bibles, or it's online, but it is the word of the Lord, and it is the guide. It is the strength. It is the message in every situation, every crisis. A lot going on in our world. I want to talk to you for a moment today about the medical medical schools in America. Before getting to the job of healing, students in medis, medical schools are bowing down, literally bowing, bowing down. I put a picture of that in an article that I wrote today. It's on our website, faithandfreedom.us. Literally bowing down, holding signs, Black Lives Matter, all of the far-left ideologies. When they're supposed to be studying medicine, learning how to heal the sick, oh no, they're learning about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And some doctors across America today are becoming concerned, very concerned, about this. A single activist psychologist has implemented diversity quotas and left-wing policies on race and health care across three different medical schools, but it is endemic. It's an epidemic in medical schools across the country. Leading doctors, not just Christians, but people who do not claim to be a Christian, they are in line with the Christians who are deeply concerned about this. This Dr. Anita Fernander, she's a trained psychologist and an academic, she has spread left-wing ideology across three medical schools now. 
using this whole diversity, equity, and inclusion DEI programs. She's teaching students about equity in the medical profession. It's tough to see medical students at America's medical schools bowing on their knees, literally, physically, as well as emotionally and mentally, to the secular religion of humanism and so-called progressivism and the misguided ideology of DEI. I'll come back to that in a moment because we should know that, should be informed. Jeff DeWitt has been the uh, chair of the Arizona Republican Party. He's at the center of this controversial leaked audio, and it's it it his voice is on this audio attempting to bribe Terry Lake into backing down. Now, for those of you not in Arizona, these names may not be familiar to you, although Kerry Lake is often mentioned. In fact, there's been talk that that President Trump, if, when he's reelected or if he's reelected, uh, has considered her as his vice president nominee. She uh, was in the media. She's well known in Arizona because she was in the media for a long time in Phoenix at a, I think it was one of the network stations, and it was a very popular station. And she was a news anchor, and uh, 20 years, 25 years, something like that. And she retired from that or left that after all those years, but everybody kind of knew her in the state. So she ran for governor, uh, I think it was last year or a year before. It's It's been just a short time ago. And she ran for governor, and there were a lot of irregular uh, irregular uh, irregularities in that, um, in that uh, election, much like there was in the presidential election, and she called it out and she became famous. She made a lot of enemies as well during this process, but she became known as a political person. And um, so she did not win the the governor's race, and now she's running for the Senate from Arizona. And so that's kind of the context. As I said, Jeff DeWitt has been the chair of the Arizona Republican Party, Yesterday, he announced his resignation. Here's what's behind that. Now, we have a lot of listeners in Arizona, and you probably know more about this than I do, but I want to share with you what I do know. It's very interesting, and I think it's something we should all be informed about because it shows the depth, if this is true, and I believe it is, it's being reported by people that have large staffs and lots of people to dig into these things deeper than we can, our organization, I can tell you. And they are seeing some legitimacy here. So I just want to share this with you. But if some of you, especially listeners in, in Arizona to this program, if there's some stuff that you think I should know, send, send me the message. Send me an email or or mail a, a note to me or, or something. <clears throat> I'd be glad to, to hear from you. And by the way, Arizona, thank you for your support of this program. It's um, it's strong and deeply appreciated. Anyway, in a statement that was released Wednesday, yesterday, DeWitt essentially confirmed the authenticity of the of this audio. And um, he called it selectively edited. He was trying to cover for himself, which is understandable when you know what was on the, the tape. But it was a, a telephone conversation between DeWitt and Carrie Lake. And he apparently had called her and he was he was telling her that she needed to step back and not run for the Senate, put her political uh, career on hold for a couple of years. 
He said there are people in the East, big people, I think he called them, with lots of money, who want you to step aside and just not run. And so let me just share a bit of this audio. It's out there. It's being reported that the, the mainstream news is, is, is staying away from it. They're running from it because it has implications that they don't really want to know about or want to report on until they've had you know time to um, sort of analyze it and decide if it fits their narrative. And that's what the news is about nowadays. It's about their narrative. It's not really about just reporting the news. And I think we all know that. So anyway, when DeWitt found out about this audio, he he said he he regrets it. He said, I believe I was set up accusing Lake of orchestrating the entire situation to have control over the state party. But he did not explain exactly, at least in my view, how Lake set him up because he made the call and it was he himself making these comments about giving her money if she would name her price from these big guys in the, on the East Coast. And so um, he says that she tricked him into it. But I, I looked, I mean, I read and, and the the audio, I read the, the transcription of it, and I also listened to it. And I, I don't see a setup there. I mean, there may be, but I, I didn't see it. But anyway, DeWitt claims that while he said things he regretted in the audio, he said he believes he was set up. He said... What he told her was that these alleged officer uh, offers came from powerful people who do not want Lake, you, Lake, to run for Senate. The audio features a private conversation between DeWitt and Lake in which DeWitt essentially asked Lake what it would take to have her at least pause her political ambitions. The audio begins with Lake saying they're going to have try to have me murdered, DeWitt responds by mentioning news about the cartel operating in 50 states. The conversation continues. DeWitt explains that powerful people do not want Lake to run, which seems to rub Lake the wrong way in the conversation. She points out that they do not like her because they do not own or control her. DeWitt, the former chairman as of up until yesterday, he seemingly kind of plays the devil's advocate. He spins the narrative. He asserts that it was not about control, but being on a team. They want you to be on their team, he said, to which Lake responds, but if they're pushing a globalist agenda, I can't do that. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? DeWitt, referring to the quote-unquote very powerful people who want to keep you out somewhere back east, said they are willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way, essentially implying a bribe. Pure and simple. Lake responds by pointing out that the effort from these powerful people is really about defeating Trump, which she said is bad for the country. DeWitt continues to pitch this idea on this recording, to pitch the request from this nameless, faceless individual or individuals stating that Lake can't scratch their back, his words, and that's how the D.C. swamp works. Essentially, he asked, for her price to halt her political plans. And she said, well, they're going to have to kill me to stop me. Either they come around and try to work with me, she continued before getting cut off. I'm not going to let these people back in D.C. tell me not to run. I'm not going to pause for two years. 
the battle is now. I'm offended by whatever, whoever these people are, and they're trying to buy me out, she said. DeWitt told her that she should be honored, as very few people get this treatment. Is there a number of which DeWitt began, prompting Lake to finish the, his thought, I can be bought? Well, it's about you take a pause, he said. No, no, 10 million, 20 million, 30, a billion? No, this is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing, she said. I'm not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. I can win. They should get behind me. And she talked about that for a moment. She said, these powerful people, whoever they are, are very un-American and unethical. I think you should go public with this, Lake told DeWitt, to show the world the corruption that goes on behind the scenes. DeWitt immediately said, no, 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 he said four times, before essentially uh, suggesting that he would be killed if he did so. Then I turned the key in my car, he said, and made an explosion sound on on the tape like his car blew up. He said, tell them I'm not flattered, or she said, tell them I'm not flattered, I'm offended that they don't care about our country. They don't care about our country, she said. According to the audio, DeWitt made it clear that the conversation never happened. He said that two or three times in the audio that I listened to. He said, now this never happened, this this conversation never happened. And then he said, but let me ask you one more time for a counter offer. And Lake says, I can't, I can't be bought, I can't. If you know more about this than I've just shared, uh, let me know. I'm interested in this. It sounds bizarre, but that's the world we live in, isn't it? We'll see where this goes. Maybe it's a hoax. Maybe it's real. But there are substantial news organizations now starting to report on this. It broke into the public knowledge yesterday. So like I said, if you know something more about this and perhaps some of you do that are listening, let me know. I'd be very, very interested in this. Let's talk about the medical schools, the medical community in America. It's been infected. I believe it's a deadly infection if it continues. This Anita Fernander, she's an activist. She's the executive diversity officer and a professor in the Department of Family and Community Medicine at the University of New Mexico School of Medicine. But she's also involved in several other universities, and I'll get to that in a moment. But she's combining academics and research with patient care, and it's all based on DEI. That's incredibly important. Her bio says she was has been engaged in leadership, teaching, research, community engagement to address health inequities, enhance patient advocacy through cultural humility as a debiasing strategy and exploring transformational interventions to address historical and contemporary racism embedded in the political and social de- detriments of health and so on. I can just tell you right up front, this guy wouldn't want to go to her if I had a heartburn and thought it might be a heart attack or whatever. Anyway, I'm not sure how that heals the sick, but it certainly advances a leftist ideology. I noted that she receives an annual salary from both of her positions at the University of New Mexico 
and the other two schools she's involved with, which I'll get to in a moment, she receives $243,915 a year. But there is millions of dollars flowing in grant money to what she's doing. There are people who want to see DEI expanded in America, not thrown out with the trash. Ferdinand has written academic literature about incorporating critical race theory. That's the theory of 1619. America wasn't founded in 1776 by Christians who wanted the freedom of religion. It was founded by slave traders, according to their narrative. She's a big advocate of that, pushes that into the medical school curriculum. She, in 2022, she wrote a paper uh, published in the Journal of the National Medical Association arguing that the necessity of understanding CRT to address health inequities and disparities between racial groups is very important. CRT, as you know, is a worldview instructing people to view every social interaction through the lens of race and claims America is an irredeemable racist nation. Numerous medical schools across America have implemented this, as I said, and it's in their courses and their training. Fernando's or Fernander's DEI responsibilities cover a wide range of initiatives. They span from hiring, education, research, accountability, networking. Her task for each initiative is to address apparent issues concerning a variety of diversity groups. Here's, a, a, I think, a good example. A Christian looks at everything, or should, look at everything that happens in our world, this world in which we live, through a biblical lens. That's called a biblical worldview. This woman and others like her are creating a, a community of people who look at everything not through a biblical worldview, but through a progressive worldview. So everything, and they're very upfront with this. I mean, that, they teach that in this medical school curriculum that she's getting paid a great deal of money to create and, and see that it gets implemented into these medical schools across America. So in the letter of employment at the University of New Mexico, it outlines her expectations. Here's what they wanted her to do, and she's doing. Lead DEI strategic innovative initiatives to address ongoing and emerging issues such as Native American, Indigenous, anti-racism, ethno-racism, LGBTQ+, blah, 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 women's, Latina, OX, Hispanic, or of Spanish origin plus, LHS plus, disability, Asian Pacific Islander, Black African American, DACA, throughout the SOMs, I don't know what that is actually, operations, identify areas of opportunity, develop recommended courses of action, drive implementation, and conduct process and outcome evaluations. That's her part of that's her job description. I just I was quoting from it. I don't even know what some of that is. I'm they wouldn't hire me because I wouldn't know how to do the LHS disability SOMs operation. You say, well, who cares about that? Well, we should all be aware of it because this is going to trickle down through the medical schools and these guys I 
included a picture in the article I wrote today, and here's all these medical students out on the a lawn of the of this university, and they're on their knees. It's like they're bowing down to the king of kings or something. And they're on their knees out there and with their head bowed in, in various positions over Black Lives Matter and all these things that are included in her job description. This is sick. These people are not going to be eventually able to heal anything because they themselves will need to be healed. And I'm not the only one that's saying that. I'm not a medical person. But I've been around a while, and medical people are saying, hey, wait, hold, put on the brakes. This is not good for the country. It's not good for anybody. This DHS senior fellow, Mark Perry, he filed a civil rights complaint in November, this past November, with the Philadelphia Office of Civil Rights, accusing BAMM, BAM, that's one of her programs, that's an acronym, of illegally discriminating based on race and color. Reverse discrimination. And he's going to see where that goes. So far, they haven't, the Department of Education hasn't commented on it, so we'll see if they take action to address his complaint. But a recent study from the Association of American Medical Colleges shows that diversity, equity, and inclusion policies have gained a significant foothold in American medical schools. And a medical expert told Fox just a couple of days ago, that that poses a serious risk to both the quality of care and freedom of expression. Med schools are devoting more and more time to these social and political issues, leaving less time for the study of medicine. This Dr. Stanley Goldfarb, G-O-L-D-F-A-R-B. He is an outspoken, highly uh, recognized doctor, and he's board chairman of an organization called Do No Harm. He told Fox, in response to an analysis released by this AAMC, which essentially serves as a report card for how its medical colleges are faring with implementing this DEI policies and the woke agenda. He's a board-certified kidney specialist who formerly served as associate dean for curriculum at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. He told Fox that these DEI policies place less emphasis on merit and more on diversity benchmarks, which ultimately means quality of care suffers dramatically. Patients will be viewed as members of a group based on skin color rather than as individuals, Goldfarb said. The doctor said diversity has been elevated above merit and achievement as the basis for choosing med students and promoting faculty. I know what I'm about to say isn't politically correct, but the outcome of this is the best people are not getting the opportunity to become leaders in their medical field. They're being pushed aside for people with the right color of skin or the right sexual behavior. Let's be honest. And this is not good. This is where this stuff matters. You say, well, I don't care what those people do, their sexual behavior and so on. You better care. Because this is bleeding into the culture in ways that it's going to touch every one of us in the medical field. This must lead to a decline in quality of the physician workforce that undermines a foundational idea of America that you can achieve your goals through hard work and talent, he said. It undermines everything we believe. That's where we are in America today. It is There is an answer 
Jesus Christ is the answer for the world today. The Word of God gives us direction. God's Word gives us truth. But we must be informed. God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Thanks for being with me today. And always, I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.